Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. You're listening to the Bellman Forum Podcast. I'm your host, John B. Manos, president of the Bellman Forum. Happy Feast of the Assumption. Sad news last night, Cardinal Burke was admitted to the hospital placed on a ventilator. Earlier this week, he had said that he had tested positive for COVID-19. You know, you might have noticed in interviews with him over recent years, long before COVID, it seemed that he would be out of breath, which makes you wonder maybe he had a complication that this is playing on. But let's say a Hail Mary, both for the podcast and for him. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady the Rosary, pray for us. You know, it's kind of disgusting. You look at the comments uh, out there today uh, with this news on Cardinal Burke, and I don't know if, you know, they talk about there being Twitter bots that, you know, spread propaganda. But you see a lot of Catholics, are they're, they're just throwing him to the side and saying, you know, well, serves him right because he's against the vaccine. It's a disgusting... Uh, I don't know how we got to the single basket theory of the only way out of COVID is the vaccine. Particularly, we know that the end does not justify the means. Now, there were a number of Catholic uh, moralists who had said that, you know, this reliance on the cell lines that were derived from uh, uh, aborted uh, uh, babies is too remote and it's okay. That is a justification some can go through looking at the, I don't know. I'm more of Cardinal Burke's mind that, you know, it's there. And it here we are on the Feast of the Assumption, which Our Lady was taken body and soul from the earth to heaven. She was full of grace, no sin in her, no decay, no delay using a language from Father Hardin, he said that uh, Mary defeated the three Ds, death, decay, and delay. Those of us who have sinned in our lives, we, we will face those three things. You know, in the Eastern Church, they call this the little resurrection. The big resurrection occurs on Pascha. The little resurrection is Our Lady. She's the first. First of all of us, you know, St. Dismas received the promise on the Passion, but Our Lady was taken up without delay to heaven. She earned a special place being the mother of our Lord. And our Lord gave her that promise. Now, Father Hardin would rely on Pius XII when he defined the dogma of the assumption in the 50s that all of the bishops were there. And and, and Father Hardin relates that Pius XII asked the bishops to stay another day. And he gave a talk on that next day to the bishops, and he was talking about the cosmic idolatry of the human body. And he said that we need a spirit of penance to replace the prevalent love of pleasure. He talked about divorce, fornication, all these other things in 1950. I don't know, we look at it today, and... uh, you look at the, uh, how should we call it, the impurity and the baseness of our society around us, 
And people don't have any problems just debasing their bodies. I mean, the, the mutilations that you see, the uh, they can't even figure out. I, th I think in some cases they so deform themselves they can't even figure out what gender they are. You know, I'm sorry, my pronouns. He, him. I don't know what your pronouns are. The insanity. Pius XII brought it out, and he said that Our Lady's assumption was a sign that the body is meant to be good. We mortify it, it both in reparation for our sins, but also we don't abuse it because it is something God created for us. And we are both as, as human beings, we are both body and soul. And our lady full of grace never defiled her body. She was taken up right then. I love the story of the angel that appeared at the funeral for Our Lady, the apostles had her on a bier at the door mission. And a man, so you know, so irritated by this, ran out of the crowd, attempted to topple the bier, and angel showed up with a sword and sliced his hands off. That naturally startled everybody. Our Lady's the queen of heaven. She has rights. And she teaches us. She taught us from her humble submission to the will of God. She taught us, even in her dormition, we're to look forward to our own dormition. Now we have to go through death, decay, and delay, but we'll be reunited body and soul in heaven. We believe that. When you say the creed on Sunday, we believe that. Our Lady didn't have to go through those three things because of her purity her immaculate conception, her immaculate life, her yes to God. Just lean on her, ask her for help. Tell her you, want, you look forward to your dormition someday too. Now, part of this is in living the rosary, not just praying it, but the meditations we see, the, you know, the, the, the mysteries will resonate with parts of our lives. But this idea of the body in this attack from a society that let's think about society for a minute. They're whipped up into all of these things in, in, in the idea of having substances placed into your body by breaking the skin is an invasive procedure. It's traditionally defined that way. The national center for bioethic uh, Catholic bioethics center is, you know, properly placed that the traditional statement of the church on investigational medicine, on research, on invasive procedures, is that you, you as an individual have the choice and can consent with informed consent. Now, informed consent means that you have described the possible benefits and the risks. I challenge anybody the benefits, you know, I've seen the, uh, the patents. I've seen various doctors talk. I've looked for information. And what I've noticed is there's a lot of pressure in society to prevent people from seeing the risks. Now, even the government maintains a, a adverse effects database where you can look up, uh, uh, bad things that happen due to vaccines and other stuff. And you can look right in there. 
and see. But the news will tell you, no, there's no, they, no, no, no. It's very minor. But you can look in there and you can see something different than what the news tells us. You can look at the manufacturers who say this will not stop you from getting uh, COVID. And the manufacturers themselves say they hope, but they're testing it, that it will alleviate the problems of a COVID infection. So I haven't seen, apart from excited lay people and news people, I haven't seen any promise. I haven't seen data. Nobody has proven to me. You know, somebody can tell me, I take aspirin every day. You can try aspirin too, and it takes away a headache. So I can try aspirin. Uh, we don't hear, you know, we hear about the risks of aspirin. Aspirin's been used for a long time. Plus, the news doesn't seem to be suppressing anybody from talking about aspirin. So I can take an aspirin pill with informed consent. It's the same thing with therapeutics. There are therapeutic drugs out there that a lot of doctors, America's frontline doctors or others, say ivermectin, for instance. It was a drug that was discovered and invented in Japan back in the 70s to cure a parasite uh, that caused a disease called river blindness. It was incurable at the time. It's been in use in humans for, what is that, almost 50 years. They know a lot about it. Uh, there's studies out there, you know, that last year the president mentioned hydroxychloroquine as a therapeutic. There's studies that go on for this type of infection for a long time. There's doctors out there that give clinical experience on it, but the news won't tell us about it. And there's a number of instances where we're told that doctors are prevented from discussing it. Some doctors feel that they need to re sit in the peer pressure. But I know at the end of the day, Pfizer just reported that they've made $56 billion on the vaccine. $56 billion with a B. That's real money even to them. I can look at the, uh, the history being a lawyer, been interested in this stuff for years. The number of criminal fraud cases that have been settled by pharmaceutical companies for not revealing the risks, for inflating the benefits when they knew that the benefits were unreal. Long host of times there. Not to, and you know, this is the thing. If somebody wants that, they make a decision and they actually received informed consent, meaning that the benefits and the risks satisfied them and nobody concealed the information from them and they decide to get that vaccine good for them because that's what the decision should be but it's disgusting to see a society who trashes their bodies mutilates their bodies thinks that impurity is good thinks that acts of impurity and perversions are normal tell us what we need to do with our bodies. It's worse. They tell us that, and it's disgusting to see some of this language out of Catholic sources that we should consider taking the vaccine an act of charity. Now, if the vaccine does what 
this promised, meaning it would stop infection and protect people from infecting others, there would be some bit of a claim there. But we don't have enough information. And based on the comments of the manufacturers themselves, it appears that that doesn't do that. I don't know. Can you know? I think we should have an attitude like we're from Missouri. Show me. We should have that attitude. We have a right to see the proof before you put something in your body. Meanwhile, there's therapeutics out there that people are putting the proof on, that they can show reduces the viral load, that prevents infection, that prevents people from spreading it. But they're silent on that. I guess it, there's a cynic in me that would like to believe that it's probably because there's not as much money on the line. But, you know, people would be, oh, surely it's not about money. I, I think by the time it, you know, we get into medicine, it's nothing's about money, right? Good old street smarts, though, you'd be like, well, wait a minute. Who's, who's benefiting from that? Who's got some, uh, some skin in the game? And I don't bring this up. I mean, I bring it up because it's, it's very frustrating to see poor Cardinal Burke we don't know his medical situation. We don't know what's going on. We know that for him to make a decision that something that contained cells from aborted babies, he did not want to have injected into his body. I believe every view, every listener to this would agree that was his choice and it's a reasonable choice. To have people now saying, well, he gets what he deserves for not taking the vaccine. My question is, hey, why haven't they tried therapeutics yet? It's obvious with him being hospitalized, they probably haven't. I don't know why. Maybe there's a reason he can't take them. Maybe there's a reason it doesn't work. Or maybe his doctors are afraid to try them. Because there's so little information because it's being suppressed. Back to the assumption in our bodies, though. One of the reasons it's so disgusting to hear people say, you need to take the vaccine out of an act of charity. It's no different than the contraception argument. They say, oh, it's an act of charity to use contraception because population growth. And you are being, you know, they try to put it all kinds of ways. You're, you're preventing the overpopulation they say, oh, well, you're being, uh, you know, good stewards of waiting to have children when you're ready to have them. It's the same problem. It's the same lie. The end does not justify the means. We can't say, oh, over, you know, especially when there's been a, a, a number of studies through the years that overpopulation's a myth. It may very well be one here, too. We don't have enough info. It's very difficult to get real information today about problems that we face. And it's disingenuous for people who can speak from an authoritative position to impute a duty of charity to do something I believe many Catholics would find repulsive. 
having cells from aborted fetuses inserted into your body is something that's morally repugnant. It doesn't matter if a theologian says, it's too remote, don't worry about it. Some people will still find that morally repugnant and sincerely believe it's wrong and not want it. Fortunately, there's medical alternatives in the therapeutics that don't rely on this. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, there's a number of other things, quercetin, zinc ionophores. All you need to do is look up uh, FLCC or America's Frontline Doctors, and you can find that there's a lot of alternative therapies to the vaccine. Why, as a church, we're not discussing this, all of these other options? Doesn't make sense, does it? Particularly because the therapeutics don't require an invasive procedure. They don't require foreign matter to be inserted into your body. They're ingested. They're eaten like medicine. Now, medicine can have problems too. All kinds of other stuff going on with that. But to see people going after Burke that way, to see Catholics saying, well, he gets what he deserves because he didn't get the shot. There's some morality mixed up. And it's tied into this same morality that Our Lady, here we are on the Feast of the Assumption. When Our Lady, with her immaculate conception, her immaculate soul and body, was taken to heaven directly. We are to guard our bodies. We are to do penance. Yes, we're to undergo suffering the way Our Lady did, and that includes mortifications. That we might have our own dormition, our own assumption someday. When our Lord and Our Lady would come to get us and say, come on, it's time to be in heaven with me. You know, that's what we should be looking forward to. There's a lot of storms today. You know, the recent weeks we had the Gospels with the, I love it when the uh, apostles are on the boat, Lord, we're perishing. And our Lord's asleep during the storm. I don't think he's asleep during this storm. I think he's waiting for each of us to ask him for guidance. There are plenty of solutions to the problem right in front of us, but we're faced with what Father Hardin, he loved quoting Marshall McLuhan. Whenever anybody would mention the mass media, he would say, McLuhan said the media was engaged in a Luciferian conspiracy against the truth. And for whatever reason, we see it playing out in this health crisis where they're suppressing information. And now, Marxism, Russia's errors. Now, if we're being told some people to speak against the vaccine might mean they're terrorists. I, I, I'm not a terrorist. I don't think anybody listening to this is a terrorist. But I don't understand that. What is up with this that it's so important? It, when there's therapeutics, when there's clinical data, when there's peer-reviewed clinical data that shows that a six to dollar dose of some medicine is more effective than an experiment that's underway. 
number of healthcare workers are being told that they have to undergo this or lose their jobs. Now, as a lawyer, I'd say, don't, don't quit. Make them fire you so you can sue them. And that's just what some, some medical workers up in Indiana, Indiana did. And the, the legal judges are working through all of this. You probably saw. Now, the news doesn't do anybody any favors. The type of case that was underway, the type of appeal that was happening was a question of preliminary injunction. Now, preliminary injunction is a special action a judge takes to tell somebody, you don't do this till we can uh, find out more. And so it looked like uh, the, 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 the balance that the court uses to determine whether the extraordinary measure of a preliminary injunction was justified failed. What I hate about the news is they all say, well, this means that you can't challenge the vaccine mandates. No, it doesn't mean that. It just means the way this thing came about is, you know, it's kind of weird. They're saying, well, you could go to another college. You could do things like you go to these other places. They seem to be as confused working through this as some people in the church are. Because I've seen recently even, you know, it's reported that uh, Cardinal Supich is putting pressure on the National Catholic Bioethics Center to reverse itself and back away from talking about informed consent and going back to you owe it in charity to get this. The only reason I could see there being any pressure, if there really is, it's an allegation. I, I haven't seen Supich say these things and but the report is that some uh, board members of the National Catholic Bioethics Center have reported that they feel some pressure from them. I, I don't know if it's true or not. I have to take them at their word. But I can't understand why anybody would do that. It's the same argument we see with contraception. And it's strange that one of the legal arguments about this rely on the 14th Amendment. It's the same 14th Amendment that brings us to the integrity of the body, which was used in Roe v. Wade. And people are saying, well, it's kind of ironic that, that Catholics would be out there using the same argument that was used to justify abortion. I don't think it's ironic at all. It seems to me that if... if the argument that was used at that time was that the fetus is foreign matter in the body. The shot is putting foreign matter in the body. Now, for abortion, the law is that that foreign matter is not a person. The shot has aborted matter in it, and you want to put it in people's bodies. I don't think it's ironic it's the same argument going on people should have the right to determine whether or not that's placed in their body based on informed consent and for all the reasons i said earlier we don't i don't see how anybody can have informed consent because when you ask for proof all you get is emotional baggage and emotional arguments while well, you owe it in charity well wait a minute if i chase that down i find out that the claims to charity are well, this will prevent infection. But then when I look at the manufacturers, they say, well, no, it doesn't prevent infection. So there's no proof there. 
Our Lady could suffer and offer reparation for sinners, like she said at Fatima. I have proof that God's pleased with that. I can do that. I can make that choice and do things that are good. Fasting, penance, prayer. But I can't do something sinful to please God. I can't do for myself something morally repugnant. Abortion is morally repugnant to our Lord because it's the, it's the intentional killing of another human. Contraception is repugnant to our Lord. It's not an act of charity for the good of society to prevent overpopulation. It can't be because the means of doing it are wrong. Likewise, even though some theologians say it's too remote, I think because it's the individual's informed consent, that's the rule of the church for, goes back to Roman times. I mean, it's an old civil law idea. If an individual forms the opinion that this is wrong for them, that they don't want this foreign matter in their body, my body, my choice, we should respect that particularly because there are other options. If you want to prevent infection, they're finding out that ivermectin does that. And it's very safe to take, very low risk. 50 years. Might, might, and from apparently it cures a whole bunch of other things too that people didn't realize they had problems with. And it's cheap. Well, depends on how you get it because they've been ramping the prices up on it, because I guess they want to make it hard for people to get that too. But even at the inflated prices, it doesn't appear that it would be making $56 billion for one company the way the shot has. $56 billion. I think that's information that an individual should take into consideration as part of their informed consent. They should be able to consider all the past criminal fraud cases that have been settled and agreed to or been found guilty of and consider whether this, those past situations of concealing the risks of a medication and inflating the benefits would be consistent with an activity that is still undergoing today. Meanwhile, when there's other very cheap therapeutics available, they should investigate that. You can still find the information, but they're making it harder. America's Frontline Doctors, FLCC, look this stuff up. These are doctors. These are clinical trials. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Why are we talking about it? We need to be talking about those things because these are means that don't rely on aborted fetuses to do something good. You could do that act of charity for society by taking the therapeutic because you're preventing yourself from being infected and, and, and spreading a contagion. Our Lady and her assumption was taken up body and soul into heaven. Her body was pure. Nothing impure could be in heaven, right? When you listen to the voices in society and you consider the relative purity 
the mutilated bodies, the ideas of perversions and other stuff. They can't even figure out what gender they are. There's a lot of work for a Catholic that wants informed consent in today's medical world. But I think we still owe it to ourselves to try to find it. I think we owe, even when we see a situation like Cardinal Burke, if somebody's around, they should suggest the therapeutics because it's very difficult, apparently, for a lot of people to understand these are valid, medically tried. Encourage the doctors to do it, too. The pressures put on doctors are incredible. And a lot of them just succumb to, well, this is the way it is, I'll just do this. Because it's safe. I think we have a lot of work to do in the church, though. Particularly when I see a number of people putting all their eggs in that single basket of an injection that is experimental, that nobody can prove works. We should be. It's the right way to do it. We should be like we're from Missouri. Show me. Prove it to me. Let me see. Nobody should be saying, don't worry about that. Take it. You owe it in charity to do it. No. Before you accept something into your body, they owe it in charity to you to give you all the information. For you to make informed consent. This isn't to say that the people who believe they were satisfied with what they received, that's good. They made their decision voluntarily, I hope. I think a number of people have not taken the decision voluntarily because they were told it's the only way they could visit their sick spouse in the hospital. It's the only way they could go here. It's the only way they could go there. For what we know from the therapeutics that would be more effective and safer for them to be on the therapeutics and go to those places instead. It is a strange situation, though, that the arguments such as what was given for contraception, that you owe it in charity to an overpopulated world to use contraception, or I even saw it in March. It blew my mind. Letter to San Francisco Catholic. I just put this out here. Birth control and charity. On March 23rd, 2021, Lynn Yap writes in to the letters to the editor of Catholic San Francisco. She stated, I read the U.S. bishops have affirmed that being vaccinated can be an act of charity that serves the common good during the pandemic, even though vaccines were developed with abortion-derived cell lines. The bishops arrived at this guidance in warp speed. Now she continues. I pray that the U.S. bishops would use similar line of thinking to affirm that using birth control could be an act of charity that could save millions of babies from being aborted. Choose before contraception. Why doesn't the Catholic Church support birth control as a means to decrease the number of abortions? If I were a lawyer, I would say I rest my case. The logic is absent. Reason is absent there. This is just feelings and emotions. That is a person who no longer accepts the mind of God and what God has revealed that God wants. 
I think that the case for the assumption that Pius XII made reminding us that there's cosmic idolatry of the human body, that we are to take Our Lady's example, mortify our bodies, foster authentic family life. One of the things that Pius XII brought up in there in 1950 was that divorce was already rampant. I mean, shoot, now you see it, you know, people work on their third, fourth, fifth time. Now, I'm not exaggerating with that. We're to serve God with our body and our soul. I, I think even if you see these things out there that say, well, it's too remote, you can go ahead and do it. If it's repugnant to you, it's your informed consent. You don't have to do that. And you should say that. This is morally repugnant to me. I don't want that matter inserted into me. My body, my choice. Use it. And if somebody says, well, you owe it in charity to do this. Think of that lady's argument. How do I know it's going to do anything good for anybody? Show me. I think it's fair for us to say those things. It's fair for us to use the wisdom of the church from the ages and individuals' informed consent. And if you find the proof, if you say, this thing will help me, and, and I get it, the risks might be there, but I'm willing to undergo them, provided that none of the information's been hidden from you, good for you. That's what this is about. But that's what we're not allowed to be doing these days. Nobody wants us informed. Now they're talking, they don't even want us to give consent. They're just saying, just do it. That's not allowed. That doesn't please God. We should be using our bodies the way God wants it's how Our Lady did it. It's why she was taken up, body and soul, into heaven. For doing these things, God will be pleased. It would be a practice of charity to use our body the way God wants, instead of the way the world tells us today. Our Lady was assumed body and soul into heaven. Our Lord came and got her so that she, without delay, without decay, and without death. Thank you, Jesus, for such a beautiful witness to what's in store for each of us. Our Lady got the best of all of it because she was the best of all of us. But that doesn't mean we won't get our share. Maybe... Our dormition will come later. Maybe we all will have to face death. Maybe it won't be as bad if we follow Our Lady's example. Maybe our delay in being with her and with our Lord in heaven won't be as long. If we use our body the way God wants, the way Our Lady did, she'll be sure, just like I promised in earlier uh podcasts on the rosary she will be sure by imitating her by doing what she asked by praying our rosary by living the rosary with our bodies she'll be sure her son comes and treats you the way he treated her yes our lady the rosary pray for us meanwhile say a prayer for cardinal burke i hope that uh they can use the therapeutics or that God works him this out and brings him through it. It's certainly not 
caused by him not being vaccinated. There's enough evidence out there that keeps being erased and deleted at the CDC to suggest that the shot itself might have killed him. There's 12,000 12, reports in VAERS, which is known from a Harvard study to be suppressed data. You should know that. If you're considering getting the vaccine, you should know there's a, there's a risk of death, immediate death from that shot. Nobody's going to tell you that, though. But it's there. The data's there, or even though they keep trying to change it and suppress it. Besides that, it may be morally repugnant to you that these things contain aborted cell lines. But there are other options. You should look into them, know about them. And anytime anybody around you says, oh, the vaccine's the only way out, or it's because they're unvaccinated, you say, well, no, maybe they're using therapeutics because there's a lot of effective ones available. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. You have been listening to the Bellman Forum podcast. I am your show host, John B. Manos. Production of this episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily. If you would like to underwrite production of the podcast, contact the forum using a contact form on the website, bellarminforum.org, or call us. This podcast is a production of the Bellarmine Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith without all the progressive modernist confusion which is tougher and tougher to sift through these days, but we're doing our best. Our producer sits at the right hand of the Father and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellman Forum is a nonprofit public charity and all donations are tax deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. This show is copyrighted by the Bellman Forum 2021. To the greater glory of God, in the honor of his blessed mother.